Hello and welcome to a special Christmas episode of Quickminderpod, an Icelandic cinema podcast. I'm Rob Watts, and as ever, I'm joined by my good friend Ellie Cawthorn. Hello, happy Christmas. Gleðilegjól, Ellie. Indeed, indeed. Uh, we thought we'd just reconvene, didn't we, for a little Christmas present. I may have promised something at the end of the last episode of the last series, and we can't deliver because... We were the chimney's gonna... blocked. Oh, very good. <laughs> I didn't even <laughs> realise what we were doing. <laughs> um, Beautiful Beings was due to be released this week, December the 19th. We were going to watch it and talk about it and put it out as a great pre-Christmas episode. But you know what? They delayed the release. Of course they did. Uh, so it's now not being released until the 30th of January. You didn't get a chance to watch the film because they got rid of our link before we had a chance. So we will, I'm not going to promise anything, but hopefully in the new year we'll be able to cover it, watch it, cover it and put it out in time for the 30th of January. Fantastic. Yeah. And so today instead, what have we got? Well, we've got a little uh, very kind of slapdash put together don't call us slapdash. Okay, Give slapdash. away our wrong, secrets. Wrong, wrong choice of word. Something curated at the last second. A little Christmas episode where we're just going to have a little chat about Christmas films, Christmas in Iceland, Christmas in Icelandic films. Uh, so, yeah, what? let's just start with you then. What's for Christmas? Do you have sort of favourite films? Favourite traditions? What, yeah, obviously. What? Obviously? Well, there's obviously one definitive best Christmas film. If we're moving beyond Iceland, obviously, Please. it's Muppet's Christmas Carol. It is the it is the one, isn't it? Is it is the one and only. Um, we were just talking about it off mic. It's just brilliant. And also just expertly adapted from the fact that they've managed to actually sn wholesale sneak in like large chunks of the 19th century book into a Muppet's kids film without anyone seemingly noticing no you wouldn't you wouldn't know it feels it's all so victorian looking and it's so well put together that when gonzo speaks <laughs> dickens's words it's like well yeah that makes sense yeah totally and it isn't hard to understand it's not like dickens wrote in really mm. impenetrable prose was it i think it's just that perfect christmas combo of heart silly joyful sad Mm -hmm. heartfelt and at the end very joyous which is all i want from a christmas it film. is and it's a bit creepy mostly funny creepy but also yeah heartwarming like the definitive tiny tin of, the definitive yeah, of course um is it the definitive scrooge i don't know but it's certainly the definitive version overall isn't it well what's your favorite christmas film well you kind of got it there but the muppets christmas carol for sure we had that on vhs growing up I mean, I must have seen that film every Christmas ever. Uh, but the other one is Home Alone, of course. Oh, of course. It is one of my favourite films. It is set at Christmas. And Kevin! it is amazing. You just can't beat it. There's just not been a good Christmas film in recent times, has there? Since the 90s. Do you think Elf well, was like 2002, 2003? Yeah, okay. Elf is probably in the canon, isn't it? It's not I'd say, my own personal fave. I do love Elf. Um, I watched last week Krampus, which is... The Christmas horror. Yeah, which is entertaining in parts, but it's, mm. you know, it's not a classic. It's not a classic. It's kind of scary. It's kind of 
funny. It's just not... It doesn't deliver fully in any area. You don't care it? enough about the people, really, I think. But I'm quite intrigued to see uh, the David Harbour as Santa Ooh, coming yeah. up in Violent Night. Yes. Have you seen that? I've not seen that yet. I've heard decent things. It's a good kind of... More action than horror, I think. It's basically just like the Terminator is Santa or something. But <laughs> Any excuse for, for Santa just like beating up bad guys. I'll, I'm there. I'm in. I'm, imagine it's like chock-a-block with dodgy festive puns as well, which is Hope so. what we're after. Someone's got to bring that back. After uh, I'm sure Schwarzenegger was famous for his puns. Jingle All The Way, a semi-classic, the most corporate capitalist yeah. Christmas movie ever. But there's a few puns in that. But yeah, if someone can bring a Christmas pun back, David Harbour, I'm sure, can do it. Is the one. Yeah. I mean, can I throw in one which I, in my mind, is a Christmas film because we always watch it at Christmas. And yeah, it's yeah. got the Christmas film spirit, even if it isn't a Christmas film. Right. Paddington 2, oh. specifically. Oh, yes, of course. These are the most kind of family heartwarming, yeah. beautiful little films, aren't they? Yeah. They're, I mean, hopefully I'll get a chance to watch those over this festive period. Uh, and if people haven't seen them, be prepared and what for, are you doing yeah I, I would be surprised if people haven't but they are just delightful um yeah i i mean i've i've been trying to watch some more recent christmas films i watched one with asa butterfield from sex education the other day is this my christmas or yours your christmas or mine yes. oh sorry <laughs> oh Very much right. of a muchness was it any good was it a christmas rom-com it's a christmas rom-com but it's a rom-com where the main characters don't see each other for like 90% of the film. It's quite nice. It feels quite festive. Basically, a couple who've been dating for a couple of months, they're, must, they're uni students. They uh, decide they're going home to see their families at Christmas and they both decide at the same time that they're going to go and spend it with each other's families and be with their loved one, their new loved one, not their family. But they both do it at the same time, get on each other's trains and then end up at each other's family's houses oh, for Christmas. Much trading places scenario. Exactly. Hilarity and fish out of water and stuff ensues. And it's quite fun. For a similar vein, mm -hmm. did you see a couple of years ago the absolute... I mean, I hated it and loved it in equal measure. Last Christmas. Uh, the That's the, the Amelia incredibly literal trans... Like, literal translation of the george michael song last christmas you know what genuinely i was like oh it's named after a wham song mm. didn't pick up on that specific no. until the end i was like oh that makes a lot of sense like it's a twist that you should see coming oh, a million yeah. miles away yeah same i did not like, i did not either I actually hate the fact that that's what the film is based on i hadn't even really thought about yeah. that my, I, oh, I just have a really strong, a oh yeah, spoiler alert, sorry. I have a, such a strong memory of seeing that in the cinema, cinema with my friend. And when the twist was revealed, my friend just going, no, no, <laughs> and being like genuinely angry and <laughs> being like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's, they got a point, you know, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's quite Christmassy. It's quite. It, it has the right sentiment. Yeah. And London at Christmas is a, well, Christmas in London on screen is, pretty, pretty. No. No. You did a good thing going to the cinema to watch a Christmas film. I know. Well, this was pre-COVID, wasn't it? Yeah, but I mean, I can't think of any Christmas films I would go to the cinema to see, nowadays. I would wouldn't risk it. They're all like 
straight to streaming, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As was that one I was just talking about. Speaking of other streaming ones, last year I watched The Princess Switch 3. Oh, God. I mean, you've only got yourself to blame if you watch that. Yeah, I've watched all three of them. <laughs> uh, and you know what? They are terrible. This is this is the one, the Netflix ones with Vanessa, Vanessa Hudgens, Hudgens, where she plays herself. Well, she doesn't play herself. She plays, I think they're twin, long lost cousins, I think. But look, I mean, they're both played by Vanessa Hudgens. Like so a parent trap scenario. Pretty much. And I've forgotten all the story, but the first one, there's two of them. Second one, there's three of them. I think there may be four in the third one. (laughs) What? What? (laughs) I can't remember. There's definitely three Vanessa Hudgens in one of the films. Is there some kind of like dodgy IVF scenario going on in one town around there? If there's like four clones of Vanessa Hudgens or like... Who who knows? Living different lives. It's set in in a fictional country. So who knows what's going on over there? Monrovia? Just sounds like it's a knockoff of the Princess Diaries. Oh, it may be. I don't know. It's bad, but I kind of like just seeing Christmas on the TV while you're wrapping presents or whatever. Uh, yeah. But this Christmas, I also watched another horror. Silent Night, Bloody Night, I think it's called. <laughs> it was rubbish. I'm not even going to go into it. You won't see it unless you have Shudder, the horror streaming service. I would avoid. It was just a bit boring. The guy who made it made a really interesting film called Bliss a few years ago, vampire film, which I'd recommend, but perhaps not this one. I'm not even sure I got the title right. (laughs) (laughs) Hilarious. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah. Any traditions then? Anything that you and your family do every year? No, the main tradition is just sitting around um, chilling. It's a good tradition. That's what Christmas is about, yeah. though. Like just getting home and monging out for a week. Nice food, mm. a couple of presents, hopefully lots of presents. I love presents, and uh, yeah, just chilling out. I mean, we don't really have any major traditions. We used to go see my nan on Boxing Day, which was lovely, except we'd have to travel to London from the Midlands on Boxing Day morning. It's like just. You don't want to do that as a kid. Yeah. Wake up on Boxing Day. He's like, I just want to play with my gifts and watch mm-hmm. films. So, yeah, that was one that we didn't love growing up. Yeah, <laughs> watching films is on the list. Um, decision to leave. Not very Christmassy, but Ooh, it's yeah. on my Christmas That's just dropped on movie. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Speaking of movie, good segue. Remember, we still have an offer for all our listeners where you can get 30 days free trial on movie. If you go to movie.com slash kvikmindapod, that's K-V-I-K-M-Y-N-D-A-P-O-D. And yeah, movie just dropped Decision to Leave, which is the new Park Chan-wook, which is exciting. Rams is still on there. And Rams is a film we're going to kind of discuss in a bit more detail today. Should we just jump into that now? Well, yeah, we're just using it as a little window into Icelandic Christmas, right? Yeah, that's a nice way to put it. It's I, I was like thinking about how we've mentioned Christmas pops up in so many mm. of these films. Actually, I'm not sure it does, uh, having gone back through. It's just everything feels Christmassy mm. in Iceland. And there's a lot of choral music, of course, but it's not always set at Christmas. Uh, but the first film we ever covered, Rams, has such a great little scene in it that feels like a good way to kind of jump into talking about Icelandic Christmas traditions and stuff. So I thought, well, yeah, we'll look at that and, and go from there. Oh. 
So Rams, can you remember what Rams is about? It was two years ago nearly that we discussed this for the first time. Yes. Go on, give us a quick, the tiniest synopsis. Just about two sheep farming brothers who have a rivalry, but secretly underneath do love each other. Um, as there's a sheep disease going round that they've got to battle or avoid. Is that good enough? That sounds good to me, yeah. And so the brothers are older guys named Gummy and Kitty. And then there's a scene that starts on Christmas Eve. So after Gummy detects Scrapey and calls in kind of the government and the vets and all of that, Kitty has learned that he needs to destroy his entire flock of sheep, which is pretty sad. Not a nice thing to have to do ever, let alone around Christmas. But he does that and goes out and gets very, very drunk. And then he basically ends up on Gummy's doorstep on Christmas Eve as he's preparing his solo Christmas dinner, you know, on his own. But he's all dressed up in his finery and he's ready. Kitty comes along, gets dropped off and ends up in a bath and spends the rest of the evening there, basically, doesn't he? I love the fact that... um... Gummy has made like an entire haunch of lamb for oh it, for God. one for himself. It's so good, isn't it? He's I mean he's a sheep farmer, but he gets that lamb delivered, and that lamb comes in that little that funny little scene where he's like gets given it, and the guy's like, "You got a gunny coffee?" It's like, "No, no," and that's it. It's like, oh, very very sort of Christmassy of you, really extending the goodwill to all men there. It has got a Christmassy little feel though, hasn't it? This bit with um. It's all candlelit and mm-hmm. he's um, got the radio on playing in Dutchy You Below, but I think uh, Icelandic version and a couple of little Santa decorations. Mm-hmm. It's got a cozy feel. It's like a really, really good encapsulation of a traditional Icelandic Christmas. I watched the scene and then just sort of did a bit of research into what's that in there? What's that in there? And like, like you say, he's cooking lamb, which in Iceland is apparently the most traditional meat to eat at christmas Mm, more so than turkey yeah well i mean lamb is literally synonymous with icin but i read that it gets uh hung dried and kind of smoked with dung Mm, okay i'm intrigued i could go for that i've been yeah weird um but i think it was because you know especially in winter hay and things to burn and trees don't exist in iceland Mm. are few and far between so Smoking something with dung was quite an easy and free way to to do it, I guess. And on the um, tree point, I found it interesting that there are no... You know, a Christmas tree looks really kind of Icelandic or Scandinavian. Norwegian? But, yeah. (laughs) You know, there are no native evergreen trees in Iceland. So they initially had to have Rowan as Christmas tree. Oh, really? Rowan? That's really interesting. Because the Vikings came and basically chopped down every tree in the country... And made it all kind of grassland and farmland, didn't they? But do Rowan, was Rowan a native tree to Iceland? That's interesting. Yeah, well, I I read that Rowan, there is a form of Rowan that's native to Iceland. So that would be more of a, that, you'd use that basically and originally as a Christmas tree rather than a fir or whatever. That makes a lot of sense. But he doesn't even have that up in his house, does he? He has a little wire Christmas tree with 13 candles. 13 candles, 13 Yule lads. I knew you were going to bring in the Yule lads. It's the 13 lads. days of Christmas that they have in Iceland. Um, and you were, you knew about the Yule lads already, as, yeah. obviously, as did I. It's quite a, it's the big tradition. I think so, um, obviously, in my historical day job, if you're looking for like 
history folklore about Christmas, folklore traditions about Christmas that are interesting and weird. The Yule Lads are always popping up oh, because really? they're just like a great <laughs> little story. Um, and they kind of take the story a bit older than Victorian, which is often seen as, you know, well, in yeah. Britain. Start we're talking Christmas about stuff. Dickens, weren't we? And he's mm-hmm. the guy who's like credited with what we look at as Christmas. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, Prince Albert brought the Christmas tree to Britain is the classic idea. It's not entirely true, but fine. But um, <laughs> the Yule Lads are just iconic. Well, tell me about the Yule Lads then. Well, they're basically... I mean, they're not really lads. They're kind of like old, old, cre- old creepy <laughs> troll men. Don't call them creepy troll men. They are... Right, they are creepy. They're going to come and put coal in your shoe. <laughs> so it's 13 brothers. I think their mum is like a... Their mum and dad are also like horrible ogre trolls. Okay. Who eat children. <gasps> they have the Christmas cat as well, like as their pet. Yeah, I put a picture of the Christmas cat on our Instagram last Christmas because they have a big sculpture of it yeah. in Reykjavik. So the Christmas cat will eat you if you don't have any new clothes at Christmas. Yeah, Do you so think that was have... invented by like the cloth merchants of Iceland oh, or something 100%. back in the day? <laughs> yeah, it's like there's, there's got to be a reason commercially yeah, for these Yeah, keep business going there. Yeah. But the ice, the 13 Yule lads all come on a different day, right? Visit your house. Yeah, from the, what is it, the 12th of December until Christmas Eve. And get up to naughty business. All seems to be just varieties of stealing bits of food from your house. (laughs) Or just being weird and creepy. They like to lick things, don't they? Oh, yeah, which is so gross. <laughs> like It's almost worse than somebody coming in and stealing your food. Something coming in, licking all your food and then leaving is definitely worse. I mean, that worse. is pretty grim, isn't it? <sighs> what do they, they lick? They've got bowls, spoons and plates. Yeah, so there's pot liquor, spoon liquor, who in this picture has got a very long tongue, which uh, I'm not into. Should we, should we try and say these in Icelandic? Okay, what if I say... I'll say their English names and you say their Icelandic names. Okay, let's start. Because we're recording today on the 17th. Let's start with the first liquor, which is what, the 15th? Okay, so first we got spoon liquor. Right, this is the hardest one to say. <laughs> I'm not even sure I can get this. Furuslikur. Okay, sounds convincing. Mm. Then pot liquor. He steals leftovers from your pot. Uh, Potaskefil. Then... Bowl liquor. I don't know how bowl liquor is very different to pot liquor, but fine. Uh, he is Askaslekir. Very good. Hmm. And yeah, well, Askaslekir, he licks, he licks bowls because that's what traditionally Icelanders ate their food from, bowls with lids. Mm. But apparently, obviously, people eat off plates these days. Uh, so, so what's he do? What's he do? He's, he's just gone with the times. Is that to evolve? Yeah, they haven't. he hasn't called himself plate liquor, but he's essentially... He'll lick anything with food on it that's not pot. Maybe something you transfer cooked food onto. Whereas pot liquor is eating the, the food from the pan. The yeah, pot... actually, I think pot liquor's less gross somehow. Why? Because the food can still cook and burn Yeah, exactly. And he's kind of like, it's he's just getting it straight from the source. Then there's mm. like the very unthreatening door slammer. Yeah, but if you're asleep and someone slams a door, it's horrible. What's in it for him? Well, he just is mischievous, isn't he? He likes to slam doors, especially during the night. He needs to get some hobbies. I think this whole idea of like creepy people coming into your home and just causing mayhem. You know, my favourite, one of my favourite horror films, horror films? That's a slip of the tongue. Christmas films is Home Alone. 
that's all about mayhem at Christmas. And these guys are basically doing that too. Well, the mayhem at Christmas is an incredibly old idea. So a lot of the, in England at least, a lot of the kind of pagan traditions that were then brought forward and became Christmas mm -hmm. are based around the world turned upside down. So you have stuff like oh. um, boy bishops. So like a young <laughs> little boy would be like, you're in charge now. Um, you tell oh, us what to what do, or like Lords of Misrule. And the whole idea about that is that the people who have no power are then in charge for a session. So like chaos can reign and the people who are in charge have to kind of do do what they're told. That's like a long tradition. Uh, that's really interesting. I yeah did not know that. Um, but that's also interesting because, yeah, this idea of an Icelandic Christmas is like, especially in this day and age, is because of the winter solstice and all that pagan stuff and again because we've we've all lived through the victorian era and we've all lived through americanization of christmas and stuff the icelandic christmas is essentially like a hodgepodge of everything mm. even the yule lads are less terrifying these days i think yeah and the yule lads are quite crampusy yeah know what i mean like they're kind of trolley goblin vibes mm. um if you're naughty well their mum will come and eat you right if Essentially, I think, yeah. I feel like loads of cultures come up with an idea of just telling children to be good for the next year. Yeah, I mean, it probably works. Whether it's, you know, it? Santa won't bring you presents, or Krampus will come kill you, mm -hmm. or Gruller will come and eat you, or abduct you, apparently. Mm. Oh, I don't want to be abducted <laughs> either. Uh, but it's interesting you talk about Krampus and stuff, because one of my favourite Christmas films, and I might have mentioned this on the podcast before, is... Rare Exports, which is a Finnish Christmas film. But it's basically, they've basically made up their own mythology, but it's based around Krampus and Father Christmas and stuff. And and like the, the tradition that originally Father Christmas was a horrible old man who basically, yeah, killed and abducted children. Uh, but I so remember seeing Rare Exports in Bio Paradise in Reykjavik one Christmas. And it was like the perfect thing to watch, you know. But it's a proper little like horror action film. It's like 80 minutes long. And I think it's on Amazon Prime. Or it was. It's definitely worth watching, especially because it's a Scandi film. Uh, and it's just another nice kind of twist on that, that sort of mythology of Christmas. It's the most magical time of the year. When traditions are honored. And the youngest among us still believe in the spirit of the season. We found something else than just plain rocks and dirt. This mountain is like a giant icebox. For storing what? Drill deeper. Prepare the dynamite. You have grain to rob.
have Santa Claus. Selitä sille, että meillä on täällä pukki myytävänä. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good. And he doesn't give up. Another thing I, I read about Christmas in Iceland, which I really enjoyed, was that celebrations are meant to, in theory, start at 6pm on Christmas Eve. Yes, it's all about Christmas Eve, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, which again is much more like Germany. Yeah, Poland do the same thing. But that there used to be no TV between 5pm and 10pm on Christmas Eve. Just like all the channels were turned off. Which I, I quite like that. It's not the case anymore, so anybody wanting to watch a film at those times can mm. do. Okay. Keeping it film-related. Very good. And hopefully they'll be showing things like Echo or Echo, because that's the Christmas film. That's on my Christmas watch list, but it isn't available to watch, so I probably won't see it this year. But there can't have been much telly to watch even, you know, from as soon as when Iceland got telly, I, can't, I don't know when that was, 70s, I imagine. Like, there can't have been much to watch anyway, let alone mm. Christmas Eve. Yeah. But yeah, I like the idea of like everything shuts down for mm. Christmas Eve and you're there, you spend it with your family. And yeah, in Rams, Gummy is having his Christmas dinner on Christmas Eve. He's got the radio on, like you say, listening to Christmas hymns. And yeah, it's just the perfect encapsulation. He doesn't have any Yule lads running around. <laughs> Although, um, do you know what? Kiddy has a strong Yule lad vibe. He really does. Uh, wait till you watch Rare Exports because seeing Kitty getting out of that bath naked, walking into the living room, there's there's some familiar sights in Rare Exports. I'll tell you that much. Not that we all want to see old naked fat men with beards running around, but there's a big scene of that. Um, but yeah, so the Yule lads basically are from the 12th to the 24th. So Christmas Eve, Curtis Nickier comes up. Candle beggar. Candle beggar. Hmm. And he's one of the lads that's not occupied with food. He steals candles from children on Christmas Eve. You say he's not obsessed with food, but he's stealing tallow candles, which are made from fat and therefore edible. <laughs> you might not want to eat them, but candle stealer is loving them. He's eating them, is yeah, he? Yeah, he's eating them. Oh, that's weird. I mean, he's, he's a Yule lad, I suppose. I saw some candles being made just like that in Iceland when I was there at Albaya Open Air Museum because they do like a Christmas celebration and there's people demonstrating how they make the candles and it, yeah, absolutely stinks. Um, there were people doing carols around the tree. Oh, it was, mm. it's a lovely place to be at Christmas, but not on your own. I feel a bit bad for Gummy. Like he's got mm. his brother. It's, Christmas is a time of family. It's quite nice that his brother is there at Christmas, don't you think? Yeah, but this is the the real essence of this film, isn't it? In this Christmas scene, in that he he turns up in a chaotic state. He's a bit of a liability, but ultimately his brother tucks him in under a blanket, tucks yeah. his little toes in so that they don't get cold, and that is the Christmas spirit. Truly, truly, 
I love this scene for so many reasons, though. Like, he's there, he's set it all up, but then he goes down into the basement to make sure that his chief ram impregnates all the sheep that he's hiding from the government. And we get that little scene with the with the vet who brings Gummy back. And it's like a precursor to the really, really tense scene that happens later on, where he hears a noise, a shuffling from the basement, and he blames his cat, not the Christmas cat. I don't think he has any cats, but it's all it's all very kind of clever and leading up to that. But his his meal just keeps getting interrupted. I mean, I guess he chooses to do that. But um, I want to focus on some of the things I saw while he was preparing his dinner, because I got I don't know why I just paused. It's like going niche. Let me look at the because he's cooking in his kitchen. And I was just like, right, let me see what I can learn about Icelandic Christmas, because I didn't know any of this stuff I'm about to say until I watched it. But I was like, right. So he, like we said, he's cooking lamb. We talked about the dung. He's cooking potatoes, which, so the, the traditional Icelandic Christmas dinner is lamb, potatoes, peas, cabbage, and some sort of white sauce. It's a bit like bechamel, apparently. Mm. Can't quite see if he's got that bit. But what he does have is he's got a can of peas on his counter. You're not a peas fan? No, not in a roast dinner. What? Yeah, not for me. My girlfriend feels the same, but mm. I love peas. It's wrong. I could eat a whole plate of peas and gravy at the end of a meal. But yeah, he's he's basically, he's got his can of aura peas. Now, who'd have thought it, but this little can of peas, so you can just about make out, it's like a yellow can. Um, and they are called Greiner Baunir. And yeah, weirdly, I guess, I don't know whether you can grow peas in Iceland. Probably can now. But like... A can of peas is like a huge staple at an Icelandic Christmas dinner. Apparently, especially these ones, Aura. So I found that out. But then, going down the rabbit hole even deeper, I found out that a <laughs> a brewery in Iceland made a Christmas beer. Because you might have noticed he's also drinking mm-hmm. beer. Yeah. He's drinking the Viking Yola beer. I think that's what it's called. And I was like looking to figure out what he was drinking was the Viking Christmas beer. But this company made a beer flavoured around these this can of green peas <laughs> and the red cabbage, because red cabbage is an important It sounds like a horrible beer. I mean, I don't know. what. I, how does it taste like cabbage and peas? I don't know. I, maybe it doesn't. Maybe it just uses the ingredients to, uh, to brew into there somehow. I don't know. Bizarre. But, but I... I wouldn't mind Give trying it, again. it. Yeah. I just thought it was a really fun thing to do for Christmas, mm-hmm. mixing all these things together, especially because, I don't know, maybe maybe it's not the same anymore. But if that was like, I can imagine it being like the 80s and every family had their can of green peas, their jar of red cabbage and their mm-hmm. leg of lamb. And that was the scene. Uh, and then it's all here in one beer. Mm. Mm, don't know. But speaking of drinks, I also read, I really did go down a rabbit hole, but there are two drinks in Iceland that are like really, really popular. There's Appelsin, which mm-hmm. is the orange flavoured fizzy drink, which is delicious. It's like the biggest drink, biggest soft drink over, over there. But there's also this malt drink. They're both made by the same company. I think I talked about the malt drink when we talked about Noe Albanoe, because he mm. drinks a lot of it. Anyway, they're both popular drinks. But for Christmas, you on. combine them, right? Yeah. Well, who again? Whoever came up with this idea from the um, this 
drinks company marketing board smashed it. Absolutely. You know what? We'll sell more of everything if we just make a drink (laughs) of the two things we sell. So people, yeah, will mix the two drinks together or you can buy it ready-made. Of course you can because they're made in the same factory. Uh, So yeah, they call it Yola or Yola or? Yeah, Christmas ale. Nice. Not that it's an ale at all. It's mildly alcoholic. Mm. Mm. Um, I've been drinking a Norwegian beer for Christmas this year. So Lervig, they're a Norwegian brewery. They make a thing called Yulebok. And I'd tried a pint of it at a brewery in Bristol called Left-Handed Giant last year and ordered a case of it this year. Oh, it's you, delicious. You know how to live. I really do. Scandy Christmas. What else is going on in his scene? Can anything else be going on in a 30-second scene? <laughs> <laughs> is it possible? Is it possible? It certainly is possible. Once he's tucked Kitty in, he opens his one present, doesn't he? Mm. It looks like it's a book. Which I know from some research. Books are a very, very popular present. They are. Christmas. Yeah. Like Which huge. it didn't seem incredibly clear why, but... I'm sure they're popular <laughs> presents everywhere, but yeah, I actually don't haven't got to the bottom of why. Well, but I like, saw something that said in the Second World War when books were books weren't rationed when lots of other things were, then they became a popular staple gift. But that okay. seems a bit tenuous to me. Just a nation of book readers, people mm. who like to read. I that's all the evidence I'm I need. I read that like the industry basically is just built around Christmas now, so books will get published. In the run up to Christmas, that's when they'll do. That's when they'll just sell everything. Uh, and I'm looking at a shelf just behind you in my flat, full of full of Icelandic books, uh, which I'm sure sold super well when they came out. Rana Jonasson, Arnold Durin Duthason, Sigurdardir. But like, I mean, you go into a bookshop in Reykjavik, of which there are millions. Like, there's more more bookshops than there are like bars and stuff. And it's yeah, it's great. Have a nice little coffee nice. or a Christmas beer mm. and sit down with a book. It's lush. Mm. Yeah. I don't know where he got that Christmas present from, though. Maybe he bought it himself. I think he bought it for himself and wrapped it up. Maybe, oh, yeah. It's cute. Cute or sad? Well, I don't want to see it as sad, but it is. A, the whole that, Their whole relationship is sad. It would be nice to think that the brothers bought each other presents, but that didn't happen, did it? Uh, yeah. So, well... That's what I learned from the scene in Rams. You learned too much, arguably, from that scene. I learned enough to go away and make my own Icelandic Christmas roast now. Yeah, good point. Good idea. Last year I made a like um, a historical Christmas feast. Did you? For friends. Yeah, made from um, historical recipes. So you could do the same with Icelandic. That's very true. You, what you've just reminded me of, a, a thing that happened in history class in year eight. Mr. Roberts made everyone cook something from history and bring it in. Love it. But like most people did basic things. Someone cooked something. It was basically just a brown gloop and it stank and everyone hated it. Mr. (laughs) Roberts, he had really bad body odour as well. And this was quite well known and the room was quite stinky anyway. The two smells combined. Everyone was just like gagging. It was <laughs> oh, horrible. God. Oh, what a horrible <laughs> so memory bad. you've just shared. I know. 
sorry everybody but it does it bears repeating because it was just disgusting um it won't be that bad if i cooked a roast lamb no i promise with your peas and your red cabbage yeah i mean red cabbage is funny because i never ate that with a roast till i came to bristol really yeah my parents won't touch it oh yeah love red cabbage at christmas oh you have that up north yeah yeah All this talk of Christmas and Iceland's just reminded me of a couple of things. So obviously I've been over there twice at Christmas. And one time, I've got a little programme here. Mm. I went to two Christmas concerts in a day. Um, one was at Harper, the concert hall. And it was like a... It was called... Yo, I'm going to get this wrong as well, probably. Yolaton Lekar Sinfoniunana. So no. Is that right? There's too many N's in this word. Sinfoniuna. Anyway, it's basically an orchestra, but with doing Christmas songs, but with Mm. lots and lots of local kids from schools and different dance groups and choirs doing, yeah, Christmas things. And it was so sweet and really, really festive. And it was just a beautiful thing to do at Christmas. But I was looking at this program today Mm. and I... You know what? I did not realise this because we hadn't been doing the podcast at the time. But it was basically introduced by a lady dressed as a clown. (laughs) Barbara the Clown. Classic. You'll never guess who it was. Oh my God, who? Haldora! I knew you were going to say Haldora. I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh shit, I've actually seen her in real life on stage with a big red nose. That's hilarious. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. Um, And then the other other concert I went to was... um, a thing that Prince Polo used to do, a Christmas, annual Christmas concert, uh, which was delightful. I didn't understand a word of anything that was going on, but he got lots and lots of friends onto the stage, sang with loads of different people, and it was just lovely again. It was like, ah, oh, Iceland's just the place to be at Christmas. Yeah, totally. Um, uh, rest in peace, Prince Polo, because he died earlier this year, which is very sad. Um, but I will never forget that Christmas concert. It was so good. Um, yeah, anyway. Let's leave it Lovely there. Lovely stuff. Oh, now I'm ready to just sit down with a haunch of lamb and eat a can of peas. I don't know about you. That sounds dreamy. Gleather leg yol. Gleather leg yol.
Mm-hmm. 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 I like a bird so shy, but recently, oh, 